everyone, welcome to Simplexity, where we simplify the complexities of life and bring a little curiosity and contemplation to meaningful and sometimes difficult conversations. I'm your host, Allison Stoner. Where is home for you? The place you sleep, with the table that holds your breakfast, and the shelves that lift your stuff off the floor. Now, imagine every night sleeping under the stars, just on the edge of a forest, hearing critters emerge with the moon, cuddling that special someone to stay warm. That is the life of my two friends, Kathy and Steve. However, their romance is set against a much different backdrop than you may be picturing. Kathy and Steve are experiencing homelessness and have been for the last eight years. I met Steve outside a grocery store seven and a half years ago and was stopped in my tracks by his piercing blue eyes and sun-stained skin. He was apologetically panhandling, something you could tell nod at his basic dignity and previously proven competence. We struck up a conversation and I offered soup, to which he asked politely if he could also get some for his wife. Wondering whether he was making up the second person altogether, I reasoned that asking for two servings was more than acceptable regardless, and we sat outside as he ate his portion. Being strangers meant we knew nothing about the trustworthiness and legitimacy of each other's stories. We were cautious, but keen listeners. Eventually, it was time to part, and I asked how far he'd be walking back to his wife. Three or four miles. Not too bad, he said. And that's when I did something I do not really recommend. I went against the common sense of stranger danger, and I gave him a ride, playing out all the possible scenarios of what could happen in that instant. Being the gentleman he is, Steve asked if I'd wait one minute so he could change into a fresh pair of trousers as to not get my car seat dirty. He called them his bus pants, in case he had a lucky day panhandling and didn't have to walk home. If this were a lie, he totally caught me by the heartstrings. If this were true, he was a beautiful and thoughtful human. What may surprise you, but hopefully doesn't, is that Steve and Kathy are both intelligent, hardworking, and faithfully married to each other. No, homelessness is not just about bad people making bad choices. Homelessness is a major reality here in Los Angeles, and it creeps in as an unwelcome visitor for countless reasons, all of which are deserving of our awareness and understanding. So what I want to point out is that if you haven't experienced homelessness, you will not somehow understand perfectly what it's like after this podcast. How dare we assume we can even package answers that summarize years and years of daily life and events, changes, opportunities, connections, development. If you have or are experiencing homelessness, and I know several of my followers are because you've DM'd me, I hope you gain strength and support through hearing their story. This is a starting place to a conversation, and Kathy and Steve are genuine friends, so we are privileged to hear their perspective, a point of view that is brushed over and neglected in the media and society. As we begin, let's remember that Kathy and Steve were first your next-door neighbors before they were the people you pass by and whose eye contact you now avoid. Please welcome to the show, <laughs> Kathy and Steve. How are you? Yeah, well, thank We're you. Doing good. Oh, thanks thank for being you. here. Thank you for having us. Never thank in you. a million years did I think that we would be sitting <laughs> Can here. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh, from the, that time when you first met Steve to this. It's just, and we were it's just an amazing journey. Replaying what that moment was, was because oh, was crazy. <laughs> I forgot that 
we had actually stopped at the store to get some supplies, and you I were you sick. were sick. I was very sick with a bad cold, my asthma, and yeah, yeah. you came down into those woods. <laughs> right, I, yeah, here and I am with a stranger. Yeah, and I'm uh, thinking, how deep into the woods am I going? And you would say, oh, we're almost there. Oh, we're almost there. And I'm thinking, he better have a wife over that here. That was crazy. I could not imagine. You were so young and I just know. so vulnerable, and you I know. trusted my husband, oh. which. My, I'm glad you did. My parents listening are like, oh, God, I'm glad we didn't know this. Um, so I'd like to begin first with just how you two met. And, um, you know, your bond is, is a superpower in this shared experience of being without a traditional physical home. Um, how did you two fall in love? And what's your favorite quality about the other? I'll let you go. Um, Ooh. <laughs> well, I lived in New York with my friend. Uh, we decided to move to Rhode Island mm. uh, to open up a mechanic shop. And his cousin rented a back apartment in a big house that her and uh, my her best friend, friend. Yep. live in there. Mm. And one weekend they had a barbecue. <laughs> and me and my friends went there for barbecue and she just strolled through. Oh, the, I seen him and forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> the that eyes, was it. right? Oh, <laughs> I told my girlfriend he's going to be my husband. I Oh my gosh, wow. yeah. He yeah. was so uh, handsome. <laughs> and then about a week after that, it was my birthday. I found the excuse to just use, mm. since we were new to town, ah. if she knows any good restaurant <laughs> or oh. a bar or hangout place that I can enjoy my birthday. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and I told him, of course, and I had no makeup on when I answered the door. Mm. So I said, give me one second. I ran upstairs, threw on those, all this makeup, got myself all pretty, and I said, let's go. <laughs> and I took him out for yeah. his birthday. Now, what is one quality that just stands out to you about each other? Oh, his compassion, mm. his everything, everything. He's just so kind and lovable and just Thank you. very respectful. He's mm -hmm. n I've never met a man that respected me as much as he did, and mm. that's what one of my things that attracted me to him was. What about you? Mm. Um, she has a beautiful heart. Mm. Uh, <laughs> she cares about everything, not mm -hmm. just people, animal, mm. everything. Mm. I've know? seen Thanks, it. Thanks, baby. <laughs> she thinks every life is important. Mm. So that's so true. Yeah. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Thank so you. So if we flash forward to the present chapter, can you walk us through what life looked like between um, work and your health and your plans even right before things began coming undone? And was it like a gradual slow slip or did one major event cause the undoing and then you you know couldn't find your way back? It pretty much was one, well actually two big things. I ended up losing my job. I was managing a little shawarma place on Reseda Boulevard. And they had called me one day and just said, don't bother coming in. And they had closed. And that was that for me. So I, my job was done. And then the following week and a half or two weeks later, his restaurant he was managing closed. They mm. went out of business. Went out of business. And that was a big restaurant. You know, it was a market broiler on uh, Tarzano. It was a seafood restaurant. They went out of business and they gave us only three days notice. You weren't in a place where you thought this could happen oh, to you, right? Not. No. Oh, everything. We I was working a... 12, 13 hours a day, every day. He was working pretty much the same hours. Hmm. We, we had a beautiful condo, you know. Things were beautiful. Beautiful, you know. How did it slowly change? Were you oh, trying to Yeah, it were you trying to get yeah. more work or make ends meet or? Well, since we were making good money, our rent was uh, 
almost nine years back, we were paying 1400 a month mm-hmm. for one bedroom. Nice, ritzy place we were paying. So I thought, no worries with my experience and everything. I can get another job. Mm-hmm. We kept on paying those rents. It took about almost three months going out of our pocket, and I couldn't find jobs and everything. Mm. The savings, the saving ran out. <coughs> Eventually, runs out the little bit of savings you have. Right. Well, then we went to the motels on Sepulveda. We were paying for the hotels. We had to move out. I didn't want to get the eviction, so we decided when we couldn't pay the rent, we just move out. Hmm. Then we couldn't find any cheaper place. We had no choice. We had to go to the motels. Mm-hmm. And back in those Oof. days, we were paying two fifty a week for a really, really the cockroaches kind of motels. <laughs> because, but yeah. it was thousands, so it was cheaper. Right. We stayed there for about five months, I believe, and still couldn't find work. It was during the recession and everything. And you had kept a lot of your belongings. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we we did, brought yeah. them to the hotel with we us. Right. Hotel with us, yeah. We furnished Thinking our hotel Thinking probably room. you'll get We're your next place and we'll yeah. furnish exactly. it. Yeah. And we never expected to be where we ended up. Yeah. And this entire experience has led you to a heightened awareness of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when we refer to being vulnerable, I think we put it in terms of like emotional intimacy with a loved one, but you've tasted vulnerability in the form of literal physical safety Ooh, oh um, and being subject to natural disasters and and weather and what times and once yeah mm-hmm. discrimination violence mm-hmm. um, if you're comfortable sharing how has this kind of vulnerability affected your your mind and your heart oh that's a tough one um, at first, it was very scary. I was afraid to even come up out of the wash where we were living mm. um, because I just didn't trust what was around me. I mean, there was a lot of negative. When people see you coming up out of that area, they know you're homeless. I mean, he actually had people spitting on him. And, mm. and then other people would come down there wanting to rob us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made you really not trust a lot of people around us. So, right. I mean, that's I don't know about him, but that's how I felt. Well, I never told you till this day. I was worried about you at all time, but I had to kind of hide those emotions and keep a strong face to keep you going. Hmm. I was leaving to go try to make money, whether it was recycling or whatever, to as long as it was legal. But I was worried about you. But I had to put it to you like, you're okay. You're going to be safe. Yeah, Even he always though I told knew me you're that, not. Yeah. But I had to give you that support and keep you in a positive mm. Way, you know. Has your view of, excuse me, has your view of humanity changed over time? It has. For it me, has, yeah. people that have the less amount of money are the ones whom I look at now and respect them because they're the ones who helped us more than, mm. you know, like general population. Mm. The the immigrants were the ones who actually gave and. Of the whatever most. they had. Of the most, whatever yeah. they, exactly. They would empty their pockets when he was panhandling and just give what they had and wow. blessed us. And, and it made me realize that I never had that opportunity to to respect them mm. the way I was brought up. You know, immigrants would come here and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I, I love them and, and I bless them every time I see them. I mean, they're they're just amazing because they're the ones who come to us and helped us more than like the Hmm. The government 
stumbling. Yeah, no, that's okay. So my view on them is like so different than what it was before I became homeless. That's beautiful. I should say, yeah. That's beautiful. I, I mean, that's a positive it really, shift. It really is. Many of us take for granted the sense of relative safety, mm-hmm. having shelter, food, access to transportation, a network of people, whatever that security blanket is. What methods do you use to create a safe environment? And what are the risks that we're forgetting that you Mm. face every day? When you're on the streets, you got to deal with people with mental issue, Mm -hmm. people that are on drugs, Mm -hmm. people that they're drunk. Mm -hmm. Wanting to take what we have. Most people, I'm not saying all of them, but I would say 60% of the population of homeless, they go and steal, do whatever it takes to to support their habits, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and you have to watch out for those. Right. Living outdoor, you gotta worry about the night creature. Oh gosh, the coyotes. You got coyotes, mm-hmm. you got raccoons. Mm-hmm. Possums, people say possum. possums, possums oh, are so cute, outside, you know? I love they, them. They don't do nothing. You know? <laughs> they really, used to come into our They're ugly, but they don't do nothing. I used to nothing. pick them up and have <laughs> put them out. Whoops. Stop, <laughs> really? Oh, they were yeah. so cute, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Yeah. Itty bitty babies. <laughs> you probably named them. I, oh, we did. <laughs> oh. Even we had the raccoons that we became friendly with us. I had a raccoon. The daddy raccoon used to come and sit on my lap. That was Rocky Raccoon, yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Big one, you know, it could stand this high up, but... So you had um, the natural elements. Oh, yes. Oh, the spiders. Um, In the past eight years, I spotted three rattlesnakes. Wow. A couple of rat snakes. Rat snakes are nothing, you know, Mm. but just... Yeah, you adapt to a whole different connection to the planet, for sure. you do, (laughs) yeah. It's, yeah. (laughs) So, um... I know that many people think it's as easy as just getting a job or being a better planner, maybe. Mm. Um, but a lot of people experiencing <laughs> homelessness are actually working very hard. Um, and I've witnessed both of you go in and out of mm-hmm. employment. Um, and I know, Kathy, you've had different medical issues mm-hmm. and in different setbacks. Can you explain some of the stresses and obstacles of getting back on your feet and, you know, what were some of the sacrifices that you had to make between something as big as, you know, home or health, but you can only have one? Go ahead, babe. Well, when it comes to that issue, health was the most important issue for me. Mm-hmm. I had to sacrifice a lot of things to make sure she has her medication. Mm-hmm. Because without that, you know, she couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Be- yeah, before I was able to get Medi-Cal, because we didn't have ID back then when we first became homeless, you couldn't get any kind of help without an ID. Mm. Now, we didn't have any of that because we had previously lost it through the, the moving from hotel to hotel. Somehow we lost everything and we didn't have the money to get a new. Um, so my medicine was up to $400 a month. Oof. That's being on the low end. That's right. not having everything that I possibly need. So we had to choose between getting food or getting my medicine on certain days. Mm. So he always chose, of course, my medicine. Wow. Um, so those were a couple of the sacrifices f- and, for And that. some of the stresses and obstacles um, when you're trying to get employment, I'm oh, guessing gosh. that... when you can't wash up every day. 
It's when so you can't hard. clean your clothes every day. And where do you put like your your address if on an application? Exactly. That's the most important thing. That's why we couldn't get ID because we didn't have an address. We couldn't mm-hmm. get our identification, get the proper. Mm-hmm. The government or somebody out there has to try to help of letting the homeless have some kind of address to send right, stuff like using to a shelter. Even on paper, people can go. Right, but you can't use a shelter unless you, you stay can't there. Use it mm-hmm. Unless you stay there. And you actually did stay in shelters and didn't always have the best experience, oh, right? We didn't actually stay. Or you scouted. We scouted, scouted but them. there was no way. They wanted to separate husband and wife. And that Every terrified me. Shelters, I know. could not be without him. I, I mean, he protects me. He's right. Mm-hmm. And they don't separate the drug addicts from. You know, like just regular, right? So people, you know, people who have that are specific needs and right, right, right. So that's kind of scary. If I can make a point, the people with drug, alcohol, and mental issue, there's a lot more program for them out there than when yes. you're straight. Interesting. There is really hardly any program for the people that are straight. I was approached. I forget a couple of years ago. That's why I stopped the shelters. That uh, if you don't have a drug problem, well, why don't you do it one time? So you you show right. dirty result, then we can take you in, which I refused. If yeah, so, encouraging you, you have to, to develop a so problem, you have a problem, so you, so can, they be can, take you in, right. so can be assisted. That's another. There's issue. hardly any program for the people that they have no problems mm-hmm. and are simply kind of battling <laughs> circumstance battling and right. Uh, right. you know maybe a lack of support with family or friends or. Yeah. And how the system is set up, I know, is not exactly. always fair and they equitable. They try to put you in you just one. You have to have yeah, some yeah. kind of problem or setback. Well, there's a lot more uh, territory I want to cover, but we're going to take a quick break to regroup, and I will talk to you all after this. Okay. All right. Welcome back. We're hanging out here with Kathy and Steve, and we are hearing all about their story and journey from living with a traditional home to being homeless. And I really appreciate you both being here. Thank you, Allison. So I want to talk about the various organizations and government assistant programs, um, because you mentioned they're available if you have certain ailments or conditions, um, but there are also, you hear about rent assistance and Mm. how to have (laughs) stable housing and these emergency services for basic (sighs) needs. Um, I'm just going to ask the question that might be on someone's mind listening. How come you haven't tried these programs or moved in with family or friends or gone somewhere cheaper than California. Okay, well, yep. that... <laughs> it's loaded. <laughs> Let's see. That's a big question. Mm-hmm. So going back to Rhode Island with family, um, for one, we couldn't afford to move out there. And for two, we're kind of anim- um, not in the best... It's complex. It, it's very complex, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And with my family, my parents are so old. They're basically living on Social Security, and they're barely surviving. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a burden to them. If anything, I'm the one supposed to help them at their right. old age. Mm-hmm. Did you seek out some of the assistant programs? We tried. There's like three-year waiting list, for one. And you do have to go into a shelter to qualify. There's just a lot of hoops you got to jump through. And... A lot of people don't actually make it through to get to the housing. The support. To, right. And so by now, you've proven yourselves to be incredibly resilient mm. and, oh, yes. and capable and also adaptable. Right. Um, I remember visiting one of your 
earlier setups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a few floods and fires ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Steve, you'd assembled furniture and supplies into makeshift walls, and you'd camouflaged it entirely in brush, so it was less visible to people passing by. You even segmented areas for a kitchen, right. for bathing, laundry. And we had wall-to-wall carpeting, tree-to-tree yes. carpeting, actually, because he wouldn't dare let me walk in the dirt. <laughs> and, and you bought and, a generator. You had you know yes. power, and you were able to watch movies That's on this small little yes. laptop. So at the time, you still had some of your belongings from previous homes, and a lot has happened since then. Mm. Can you describe some of the different lessons you learned and how to actually live without a roof over your head? Oh, it was very hard. Mm -hmm. As you recall, first, when you came, we didn't have no generator. Mm -hmm. We didn't have no tents. We would actually had sticks and we put tarps around right. made a wall, you know, <laughs> and just a mattress on the floor. I had no idea about generator even. Hmm. Or a tent. Or a tent. To set up a tent. To set up a thing. And it hmm. took us actually about two years before we learned all of that. Wow. Until a but very good friend. A good friend <laughs> set us with our first, first tent. tent yeah. Allison. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so that, that taught us that a tent is actually safer than safer. the tarps, yeah. which it was common sense, but we just didn't we were just so stunned that we were in that situation that we didn't know how to adjust to that mm-hmm. right away. We were just uh, dealing with everyday struggle. Right. And having food and your medication and everything. And then the tent actually showed us that we could be safe from the environment hmm. until the floods came and took that all away. Right. And then eventually we thought about that generator, which we got. Then we got the refrigerator to keep our food safe. And when and you were dealing with different health issues, I know you weren't able to get up and go, you know, to job interviews. Right. So I remember you had different like art books oh, and right. movies yes. you were able to watch. And you yes. were even able to see some of the projects I was in. Exactly. So you'd send a message here and there and I'd be like, what are you doing watching Step Up? <laughs> right, we were able that's how yeah. we right. Because you could only read so many books. Right, right. And then he eventually got us our portable DVD player. Which Amazing. We, yeah, yeah, we were watching for with portable DVD player before we before even the got a generator mm, for right. about a year. Right, and you'd go and plug in and charge right. it. At the charge library it. or at the bathrooms. Right, yes, right. Yes, we would charge it for the, so we'd have something to watch at nighttime. Yeah. You know, because you can't fall asleep at seven o'clock every night. Right. And also <laughs> you know, just there's maybe to, to cancel out the elements, Ex- too. And that's and the yeah. other thing. Yeah, we don't hear all the animals creeping up behind us. <laughs> right. Now that it's been eight years, do you have a desire to find a different living arrangement? Well, well we do have a surprise <laughs> for yes, you, Alice, and I let my wife get into that okay. for you. So you all heard pro- the, the Sepulveda Basin fire, which we lost completely everything mm-hmm. um, that was on the news and everything. Um so from that, it was a blessing. We lost completely everything, and we are living in a home. Right now, we have a home. We are renting a room, <laughs> so we are safe. My cats are safe, and we got out of that situation. So how? isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes. Okay, wait. Yes. How? How? <laughs> yes. What? Yes. <laughs> well, thanks to generosity of a uh, certain Im- individual that we know, a good friend of ours, uh, helped us from after the fire, put us in a hotel for three days. And then another friend helped us with another four days in a hotel. And it I gave us sa- the hope and ambition. Hope and ambition. And there was really no other safe place for me to set up anywhere for my wife. I saved some money, and through another friend that I knew, knows this lady, 
with the installment payments. Yes, so, so yeah. you're able to in smaller portions pay the money. Initially with only five hundred dollars I got there and then made the rest of the payments. So fifteen hundred dollar so a month. Fifteen hundred a month. How are you making the money to cover rent? Uh, I'm going Odd out jobs. recycling, uh, job hunting, going in front of the U-Haul, front of the Home Depot, try to get painting jobs. I had to go seven days a week, 14 to 15 hours mm. a day. He busted his butt. To make that 1500 to pay her. He yeah. really wow. did. Moving and job I just started I can doing um, job. government phones. Okay. Which, it's, it's starting out slow, but it's starting to help. But you have a roof over your head. We yeah. do, and my cats are safe and happy, oh and my we're gosh. safe and happy. No more critters, no more bugs. Wow. <laughs> yes. Ironically, you probably had more stuff well, actually, <laughs> while living outside. We sure did. <laughs> yeah. We had everything except a hard roof. Now we have no. a hard roof. We have nothing. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but we got a hard roof, so yeah. I guess we should be grateful for that, which we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. Material things can always be replaced. Exactly. You and know. your we, cats came yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah. Yes, we all f- we're like the phoenix coming out of the ash. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> this is so exciting! Yes, Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and after eight years, they gave us that fire wiped us out, but it gave us something else. It gave us the strength to, to move on and get out of there and do something better with ourselves. Wow! Thank the Lord. <laughs> so wow, yes. I'm so impressed. Thank you. Thank That's you. so exciting. Thank, Thank you. you. We are, so we couldn't hold hold it in anymore. <laughs> we yeah. are waiting for the Here perfect I am opportunity. How it's going? And oh, <laughs> yes, amazing. Thank you. Well, then, okay, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the stereotypes and the mm. stigma. Oh gosh. Um, the perception from society and media because you've now been interviewed several times yes. during yeah. those natural disasters and the news shows up and they ask you questions and then they conveniently edit the footage together to tell a story that is not what you described. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you, I know that I have felt very misrepresented in the past. So what happened in those interviews and how does this affect how people and family and government and the police treat you daily? Well, the last incident right here, LA Family Housing <laughs> uh, had an interview with Daily News, which I got the article that says that they helped to put us here and they're giving us supplementary income. That was not which true. is not true at all. So you're not yet receiving. We We're don't not get anything. anything no. yet. We got into this home by ourselves from him working so hard, and they took the credit for getting us into this place, and it's not the truth. And in the interview on camera, I know you were talking about what it's like in your community, but what parts did they keep and what parts did they take well, out? I had almost a 10 minutes interview that uh, asked me about the situation over there and what mm-hmm. happened. They asked me if people here, they're, they have problems. I started by saying that, yes, some of them, most of them, they do have problems, whether it's mental issue problem, whether it's drug or alcohol. And then I got into a subject, but they're trying to help themselves, especially mm-hmm. the ones that they're on my side. Mm-hmm. I keep only the people they're trying to help themselves. We had a great community there. They do have problems, we did. but they're trying to help themselves. That's why I'm supporting them, you know, keeping them on my side of the park. Uh, and by that, you mean you're policing the area. Oh, absolutely. I was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the, uh, the mayor of Balboa Park. <laughs> Everybody knew Steve. Because, I mean, we would help with them. Um, pillows and blankets and mm. food we would feed I mean because they had they had their problems 
they couldn't help what they were doing and they were going hungry so we would make sure we fed them all but mm -hmm. the people there weren't bad people no they were really them, good yeah. people i mean we we put out before that huge fire we put out at least 50 fires in the past two years wow we had one girl that was setting them all um, so we had our own fire department within the community. We policed our own community. I mean, we never had police activity there. No, no we cops never were once ever there. had a police report that was out of that field. And That's they cut the reason that they let us stay there. Right. And they cut we that had no out. Reports. Yes. And on the news, they reported that it was illicit activity all illicit the time in that field, and there never was ever. If anybody wants to go back and check, there was never ever a report of any. Problems. Not in the field where Not the, the fire field. happened. No. Wow. In Sepulveda Basin on the other side, yes, there's a lot of bad activity going on, and they have report, but not in the section where the fire happened. So, so that's the kind of stuff that was a totally different community. Yeah, that's and the they're kind. perpetuating the narrative, right? That's convenient. That people are already familiar with. Right. And that also allows people to watch and then kind of turn a blind eye. Exactly. And, right. and alienate the community all right. over again. Right. I can only imagine that. You've drawn a lot of strength from having each other oh, throughout this. Absolutely. And I would love to to just hear how the power of your partnership has helped you in this this chapter, um, especially knowing mm. now that you've gone <laughs> through the fire literally, uh, literally and yes. you have a roof over your head again. Yes. But it took eight years. And what are what are some of the surprising lessons that strengthened you as a unit and then also as an individual? Basically, you just kept me going, you know, and trying to do everything I can to better our life and everything, just looking at you as much as I love you. I, that's the, well, that I do know our love is what kept us strong. I never thought, I never in all my wildest dreams ever thought that we would end up having to go through this <laughs> and actually survive it. You know, I mean, it's something that yeah. somebody, in, as much in love as we are, if we weren't the way we are with each other, we never would have survived this together. Mm. I mean, just the strength between us is just amazing. I, that's what blew almost my mind through this whole ordeal, yeah. is how much, and we love each other even more now. Mm. Being, going through all this together made us so much stronger. Wow. And. And it can only get better now. <laughs> There's been a lot of nights I was worried that what's going to happen, thinking about the next day, how I'm going to provide yeah. food or when you didn't have your And he stayed so strong. But like, I, I had cried. to stay strong and just mm. bury yeah. it all inside he me. He did. He stayed so strong for me. Wow. Always. It's <laughs> my baby. so admirable. <laughs> yeah. I'm always so impressed every time mm. we we spend time and hearing <laughs> what you've gone through Thank and you, what you the you've heard a lot. recent update <laughs> is. <Yes>. And, uh, <laughs> and this is pretty much the best so far. I know. It's so amazing. What yes. a beautiful, mm. uh, like seeing the light ahead and then now being in it. It's there. Well, now we just got to try to hold on to it. Sure. On to it. We're only I mean, one step away from being homeless, again, but we're trying. Yeah. Sure. It's, we're trying. Yeah, now mm. you're still going to be having to figure out how to pay rent and right. you know it's not like you're eating feasts every oh, day oh gosh no um but we are we did go to how la housing like we're waiting for answer so we may get help because we are behind this month already mm -hmm. yeah. um so we are waiting for their answer to see if we qualify it's still a struggle i mean i got my job um i'm trying to find another job he's doing what he's got to do so we are and trying looking, to make it men's putting meet. application yeah, putting applications to. and i think it's been really enlightening for me to spend time with people experiencing homelessness and 
just ask questions um, about what their story is because sometimes it's something like fleeing domestic abuse, um, being kicked out by family because of their sexuality. You know, they lost a loved one. It was mm-hmm. the death of a loved one. Or, That's why people need to sit and talk to her. If you yeah. see somebody homeless, do like Allison did. Yeah, She didn't turn or spit at him. She sat and talked to him. She got to know him. And you trusted him enough, which was kind of silly. <laughs> kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I, I wouldn't lucky. suggest that, you know. <laughs> we got lucky. You got lucky that we were good people. But people need to, instead of looking at them and thinking of them as a homeless, no good, worthless person, talk to them, find their story. You need to understand people before you start saying stuff about them. And when you have people giving handouts and thinking that they're being generous, sometimes oh, I think it actually is more so for the person to just deal with their guilt. They feel bad if they don't do something, mm-hmm. but they're not actually listening to what you truly need in that moment. Right. I know this is a strange question, but how did your body actually feel <laughs> when you ate the food that people gave you? Um, I've gained, she gained lots a lot of and weight. lots of weight because most people, I don't understand why, but they seem to think that cookies and Potato chips. Cookies, potato chips, candies. All you're going noodles. to be able to eat, and that's right. not and nourishing that's all, your yeah. body. Yeah, no. I mean, you can get vegetables and fruits just as cheap. Right. <laughs> it might be even cheaper. Right. That would be, I've been, I've gained 50 pounds being homeless. How many homeless people do you know gained weight? <laughs> but, but today. I, I've been losing weight yeah. <laughs> since I've been off the streets and in a home and doing the healthy eating. And so I, I'm feeling really good. I'm down almost 60 pounds. 60 so. pounds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited for the health journey because it is thank a holistic it is. it's a holistic process. It really is. Yeah. She feels better. She can walk oh, much easier. I, she can I, move around. Yes. You know? I don't have pains. I'm um and, and I Aches shower every pains. day at least three times. Yeah, so. right. You're like, Oh look, it's a shower. Yes, just, Let's oh, use it. Yes. Oh look, it's a shower. Oh she loves the shower. Yes. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. yes. So um is there anything else that you you want to share before I ask my final question? Mm. I just want people just to understand the homeless, get to know them get a little better, them, yeah. please. I mean, there is so much negativity about Skid Row. Not all people live like that. We lived nice, clean. We didn't have trash all over. We didn't go to the bathroom outside. We did it in receptacles and threw it in, in a trash bin. I mean, it. Not all homeless are dirty and disgusting like the media shows. A lot of us are very respectful and and care what we look like. You all got to just stop paying a little more attention to what's going on around you. One thing I want to say is it's true there's a lot of homelessers. They have problems, different issues. You know, I would say 70% of the homeless from what I experience, Mm -hmm. they have either mental, alcohol, or some sort of drug problems. But there is the other 25 or 30% that have no problems Mm -hmm. and they're stuck. Mm -hmm. And they want out. They want out, but they're not getting it because. You gotta be sick or you gotta be an addict or an alcoholic to to get help. Or the ones that bad give a bad name to everybody. Mm -hmm. Not all homelesses are bad. And out of that 70% that they are having a problem, I would say 30% of them would like to help themselves. Right. But Absolutely. they're just not getting the type of help or people are not listening exactly. what they are and they're trying to force them somewhere. Instead of forcing them, try to help them. 
you cannot expect them to quit over one night. Exactly. You have to be understanding and give them time. If you try to force them, they will just go back They're to retaliate. it. They're retaliate, yes. They're going to retaliate, and that's not an avenue to take. Mm. That's beautiful. Thanks mm. for sharing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Allison. So the mm-hmm. final question. Yes. <laughs> now, in all of your different experiences, what does home mean for you <laughs> it means steve Kathy <laughs> and my, my furball babies. <laughs> babies yes that's that's home mm-hmm. i mean Wherever even though we, we were. were in the woods that was our home we still had home mm-hmm. and we always had hope whether it's a hard roof whether it's not <laughs> whether it's the hard whether, ground whether it's hard ground as long as we're together and as long as we can sleep together that i would say it's home that's exactly it yes. for the time being until we can find a better Yep, that's home. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, thank, thank you, you both for thank being you, here. Thank Thanks you for, for the sharing. opportunity. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, always fun talking. <laughs> yes. And now I'm glad that other people know your story. And I hope they listen. I hope they get it. I'm sure <laughs> yes. that many people will be inspired. I'm very and, happy. Thank and I'm you. also excited about those who are going through what you've been through. Yes. Don't give trying, up. Yeah. Please don't give don't up. Don't give up. That's Stay strong. Take it yes. one step at a time. Yes. One day at a time. Don't rush into it. Yep, that's all. Be patient. Amazing. God bless. <laughs> Thank you both. Thank you, Thank Allison. You. Wow. So there's so much to learn from Kathy and Steve's story and perspectives. Nonetheless, I hope you recognize that under the right conditions, this could be any one of us, me, you, a family member, in a time of need with limited personal connections and resources to rely on when facing overwhelming systemic challenges, anyone can become homeless. We cannot box people into stereotypes, but we can honor the human being right in front of us who deserves love and support. Now, onto this week's mantras and takeaways. I will repeat each twice, and you can follow in the space for the third. Use it to support yourself this week. Number one, now is not forever. Now is not forever. Number two, I listen to others' stories instead of judging. I listen to others' stories instead of judging. And lastly, I am strong and resilient through my vulnerability. I am strong and resilient through my vulnerability. I hope you enjoyed listening to Simplexity. Please do share this around with your community. Share your thoughts by commenting on Instagram at Simplexity Podcast or my account at Allison Stoner. And help me keep this going by leaving a rating and a review with your favorite takeaways from the episode. I'll chat with you next week for more Simplexity. It's anything but small talk. Peace. <laughs>